0: Welcome to the audio-only version of this week's pop-up submission show. I hope you enjoy it. We love you to join us for the live show on YouTube every Sunday at 5pm UK time. YouTube.com slash Litopia. Yes, we are back. We are. We thought it was going to be one of those awful times like it was two weeks ago, but it's not. Everyone's connected, everyone's happy, and we're looking forward to finding the next bestsellers. And this is our first guest. Ah, oh, She's the best-selling author of My Husband's Daughter and other women's fiction. Put your virtual hands together, please, for the welcome return of Emma Robinson. One of our most popular guests ever. She's an omnivorous reader with a great instinct for spotting bestsellers. Welcome back, Kaylee Finn. Emma, it's so nice to see you again. How have things been over the past few weeks for you?
1: good really good actually um now the uh we've got the in sight on lockdown that's good back to school next week which is also good and the new book's doing really well so yeah um pretty, i pretty
0: think totally i fine. think yeah i think we need to know a bit about that please tell us tell us exactly what's happening as far as a new book is concerned we need okay, to know well,
1: it is, it's very exciting so my husband's daughter was out in october last year and it got to number fifteen in the Amazon chart, which was very yeah. exciting. And yeah. I just found out this week it sold forty thousand copies. <sighs> that's So, that's Yeah, killer. it's been it's that's been absolutely absolute fantastic. Killer.
0: I'm delighted. We're going to we're going to be hearing a lot more about that in a few minutes' time. Right now, give us a book recommendation, please.
1: So I read this book last week. It's I don't know if the um, the code. It's called Olive Kittridge, and it's absolutely fabulous. So as a reader and as a writer, I would say, so as a writer, I thought the way it was structured, um, the kind of the way each point of view was was put together, the plotting of each chapter was amazing. And actually, i have just submitting a story for a short charity uh, short story anthology. Yeah. And I've never written short stories before. So Uh. I was a little bit intimidated. I used the kind of the way these chapters are written almost reads like a string of short stories so um I was able to use that a little bit so I think if anyone like me struggles with structure it's great to read for that perspective but as a reader as well the the prose is beautiful and it's just so wise there's so much hmm. life in there so much it's yeah it's amazing so i would recommend
0: great fantastic okay so you and the whole pulitzer prize people too they think it's pretty good so that yeah, is a, like a yeah solid gold recommendation thank you very much there kaylee same for you how's it been how's your lockdown been the past few weeks
2: well it's been all right i've i've started decorating my whole house to get me through the final stretch so yeah people do oh, don't they, they? Yeah, yeah that's a very locked down thing
0: <laughs> yeah I'm exactly yeah and is, and, and is that is that finished, or you you just find more and more to do?
2: I just find more and more. I'm kind of in yeah. bedlam at the moment. But I am enjoying it, so I'd Good. recommend it, and Good. I'm All about right. it. Yeah, it's something <laughs> constructive.
0: And when you're not decorating, what are you reading?
2: What am I reading? I Well, actually, I read this years ago, and it's really stayed with me, which is why I called it, and it's called The Sea Sisters by Lucy Clark. Oh. Um, an incredible story, and it's about two sisters um one who is traveling and reportedly commits suicide and the other sister then embarks on the journey kind of following in her footsteps of her travels to find out what happened Um, and the story is told in alternating chapters so it's a really great example of writing point of view and writing an incredible bond like a relationship that really comes out of the page so fantastic I loved
0: it. fantastic, great recommendation as i always say two great books from two great guests let's Make see what's happening later
3: at oh. priority.latopia.com
0: now that is a priority submission and a half that is yes um I don't know what the backlog is at the moment. I suspect it's quite a few months for ordinary submissions. So if you're in a bit of a hurry, it would make a lot of sense to do that. But let's see what, um, what happened last week. Now, um, as you all know, it was quite hotly contested. Um, we had some terrific submissions, particularly right at the bottom from Nina, uh, Twenty-five years old. I wonder how that did. You can see in this studio with our guests drawn from the publishing business, Nina got ninety percent, which is really unusual. But was that mirrored in your popular vote? Well, let's see. This is what happened. Oliver, <gasps> oh, I'm sorry, didn't get any. Uh, Paul, in the six and a half days since last year, didn't get any either. Although he got forty percent of of our vote, Christina he no 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 didn't get any either oh i'm sorry so it's obviously between angela and nina what happened with angela angela got 20 percent of the vote and that means by process of elimination yes nina congratulations you were absolutely the winner as far as our studio guests were concerned and totally the winner as well as far as the popular vote is concerned that is not always the case (laughs) Well done, Nina. And as Nee said, who was our publishing guest last week, he said, I'm I'm paraphrasing him, I'm absolutely certain you can get an agent on the basis of what he saw. And you know what? If you can't, get in touch with me and I'll help you. I'll help you to get one. Uh, And I don't say that very often. So let's see what's happening this week. Shall we look at our first submission? It's a historical thriller. It's from Amanda. And it's got an intriguing title, hasn't it? Decisions that made her. This is Amanda's blurb. It's the year 1825. Tensions rise as 21-year-old introverted Summer is pressured to marry the richest man in the village, the repugnant Mr. Galliassi. Summer acts out of of character and is forced to flee with her father. They settle in a beautiful city by the ocean, but after Summer attends a party in the mystery school, she wakes up, having been sold to the emperor to live in the palace as one of his mistresses. Being met with hostility and cryptic warnings, Summer is in a catch-22. You can see the QR code there too. You can dash off right now to Amanda's website or wherever else she wants to take you on the internet. Let me tell you about Amanda Um, I'm writing to offer you representation she says of my first novel decisions that made her a historical novel about power and revenge with a streak of fantasy I'm 25 years old unencumbered I'm not sure what that means (laughs) unencumbered currently working from home as a customer service agent so many people are I'm passionate about psychology animal rights and environmental issues Uh, to answer tex's question from your last podcast what is the story of your story i remember that's tex thompson i remember tex asking that and it's a damn good question the seed was planted while i was in meditation i had a vision from eric's point of view presume that's one of your characters i was speaking to soldiers because i had said something that was going to get summer killed and i was trying to take it back this is never shown in the novel but we see the aftermath all right well You need a first-class reading, obviously,
4: don't you? It's Kay. Decisions That Made Her by Amanda Anthropa. Read by Kay. Hello. Welcome to my universe. It is parallel to your own, yet remarkably similar. I, the narrator, am God. I'm also the devil, throwing obstacles and antagonists in summer's way. Regardless of what you read, I love all my creations, regardless how sinister some may be. They're chess pieces in a production so spectacular, they would be amazed and scared if they ever figured it out. This is Summer's initiation. Chapter 1 Mr. Galassi's instincts were triggered. He knew Summer wasn't to be trusted and felt she was up to something. Emotionally bankrupt and born into great riches, raised by au peers for the most part, my always got his own way. So when he was on the trajectory to not getting his way, he could sense it. He built his mansion on the side of the mountain so he could watch over everyone in the humble, pumpish village like a god. Likewise, they looked up to him. At 8am, he walked around the mountain dressed in a long black cloak with his telescope and positioned himself in view of Summer's front door. At 10am she left her parents' house to go fruit picking, as she did every day. From his view she looked the size of an ant, so fragile he could squish her with his thumb. She walked as though she was scared to take up space, even in the field all to herself. As she got further away across the field he used his telescope for a better view. Why does she always dress like she's going to a funeral? Summer came to a stall by the stream at the fringe of the forest, took her shoes off, and dipped her feet in the water. She took a deep breath with a slight frown on her face. She looked disturbed. A single tear fell down her perfect face, which suddenly lifted. She was talking to someone, which Mr. Galassi soon realized was a cat. Scandalous, Mr. Galassi thought sarcastically as he rubbed his eyes. Mr. Dactress has made me needlessly paranoid. Mr. Galassi looked back to see Summer in a frenzy. She ran down the stream, cupped her hands in the water and fished out a butterfly. A wave of ambivalent emotions swept over Mr. Galassi. On one hand, he thought she was an idiot for letting her emotions rule her like that. Getting upset over a butterfly. On the other hand, he found it cute. She was like a child. His ambivalent emotions led him to a conclusion. She did not deserve the evil he and Mr. Dactress had planned for her. He watched her with a fondness he hadn't felt for anyone since his first wife as she sobbed into her hand and stroked the cat. He devised a new plan to give Summer a beautiful life while humouring Mr. Dactress long enough until he got his favour. Even if she is marrying me for money, it's only natural to want to marry a rich man, support her family. She clearly has love in her heart. She will grow to love me." His benevolent plans were obliterated when a strikingly attractive man showed up. The way he touched her waist made it clear this wasn't their first meeting. When he kissed her on the lips and they disappeared into the forest, Summer's new fate was sealed. This was personal now. No one made a fool out of Mr. Galassi and got away with it.
0: not totally sure if, if it's Mr. Galassi or Galliassi. And the one or two other typos there I wasn't entirely happy about. Bit of an eccentric presentation. We've see the whole thing seems to be um, um, centred, which I've never seen before, and that's, that's a bit disturbing. And the, um, the underline on, on uh, Chapter 1 was a bit weird as well. Apart from that, what did you think, Emma? Um,
1: I was a little bit confused what genre this was. Because yeah. when I started to read the blurb, I was I got a bit, a bit excited at the beginning of the blurb because to me it sounded a bit kind of woman in white. I thought I was getting kind of Victorian gothic yeah. fiction. Yeah. And I was quite excited about that. Yeah. And then suddenly the blurb talked about the mystery school and I wasn't really sure. And I feel the same with, with this. I think the person can clearly write... Sorry, I haven't written yeah. down her name. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. But, um, the, the person is Amanda. she right. Yeah. Well, Amanda, sorry, Amanda. Yeah. So Amanda can clearly write, so that's good. Um, you know, her, her, her prose is solid. I thought it was a little bit telly. There was, you know, mm. there was lots of telly. He feels this, he feels that. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of didn't really get him, much of him, because we just see him looking at her. So I think I would have maybe started it slightly differently you know a bit more of him as a physical presence his movement him showing this whoever he is to Mm. really make him feel a bit more secure before he starts to look at her because Mm. it was all about her and yet his perspective so i think there's there's some really great ideas here i think we just um amanda maybe just wants to have a little look at what genre this is and maybe you know and get that opening clear because Otherwise, someone's going to read a couple of pages of this and think, "I don't really yeah. know where this fits."
0: Yeah. What about the prologue, the um, the voice didn't of God? I like that. That didn't like um, that. Didn't I
1: wasn't keen on no, that. It no. just felt a little bit. Yeah. Odd. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting on with the getting on with the action. Well,
0: quite it did quickly. feel odd to me, and the thing is, the thing is, Amanda, we do get quite a lot of submissions that start kind of like that, and you know, they they often say, "God told me to write to you," and you learn through bitter experience not to get involved in submissions like that Uh, and in any case i hate prologues as you know (gasps) it's not foaming at the mouth in a minute um so i would cut that prologue um and i've got a few other things to say but let's hear from kaylee
2: yeah i would echo what emma just said there i it's funny about the blur because I wrote down Bridgerton as my kind of gut instinct Uh to be kind of taking something quite historical and giving it this quite interesting, colourful reimagining. And then the last two lines, I was like, oh, no, it's not like that at all. So that needs to be fixed. I thought there were some interesting nuts and bolts. I like the idea, potentially, of this omnipresent force being ruling over the characters and manipulating them almost like a puppet yeah. master but yeah, not yeah, yeah. in a prologue. Yeah. Put nice. yeah. somewhere else, work it in, in a different way. And I like the idea. I think it could have opened with this, this guy, you know, watching Summer, but what he was observing was quite boring, if, mm. if that's not too harsh to say. So I think it's yeah. exactly as Emma said. Either tell say more about him as the observer or say something more about her as a person being observe, observe, uh, observed is she doing something that's really quite personal just if you're being watched that could have come out and made it feel a bit more tense and like he's really yes. kind of breaking her privacy so it just needs that yeah. kind of suspense putting through all
0: Yeah, structure absolutely yeah as well very good advice um we've got what have we got uh, we know yeah i am not going to bore you about prologues. i honestly i'm not i'm, I'm restraining myself very uh, intensely but i'm not going to bore you about uh, three from barbara annie says three johnny two to three he's he's going to be generous as so they're all giving votes at the moment um i thought the story says ancora was in the wrong person's head and bear in mind actually please if you're if you're new to pop-up submissions no one's seen this before what you're getting is straight off the top of the head comments from um from kaylee and from emma and from everyone in in the chat room too or as i like to say the genius room so you are. This is a real living laboratory, and as such, it's really, really. I can't emphasize enough, Amanda. It's well worth paying attention to. Um, so I want to. I'm going to go back to the eccentric presentation. Don't present eccentrically. It's it's weird, and if the presentation is weird, either people are not going to bother with it because they've got so much else to read In any case, or they're going to think that you know maybe the whole thing is weird and they don't want to touch it. So you know just pay pay more attention please to the way your manuscript has presented um y- you didn't prove it that much mr galassi became my galassi which could easily be microsoft autocorrect which is the fount of all evil in the modern society as far as i can see and then but also it's it's galassi once and galassi in another place too and that's kind of important you know um it sends a bit of a message and the message it sends is not good it says that you can't you can't spend as much time on your manuscript as you want us to spend it's not quite true but it's you know what i'm saying um i like your voice there is voice there and i like that a lot i'm quite curious about this it's a strange piece of writing um and i like the title a lot too but i'm not going to tell you what how many points i'm going to give it because i'm going to ask emma first out of five emma
1: um I, I was there was someone in the chat that said about between two and three and I and I was kind of between the two. I'm gonna give it a three just because I am silly treat.
0: Very good. That's all right. That's all right, Kayleigh.
2: I, I do want to say I didn't say it enough at the beginning. There was really mm. good writing there and I feel, yeah. you know, credit where it's due. Um it's it is a two for me based yeah. on some of the some of the stuff. But yeah. keep yeah. keep going with it
0: yeah absolutely and i'm going to agree as well um because you know all i can do is assess things on the basis of what i see in front of me can i sell this as it is now i can't so it's going to be two. but don't walk away totally discouraged because i think we all feel everyone's said that actually that there's an interesting voice there there's a curiosity and there's some nice writing and you are very young actually in writing terms you're very young you're right at the beginning of your career so we expect great things from you so we have a look at um Let's try and get another submission in quickly. Yeah, shall we? Okay, let's do that. Um, uh, It's just about coming together today, guys. Just about. Here we are. This is our second submission of the day. It's from Adam. It's called Under the Cobra. And it's urban fantasy. I like that. Urban fantasy. This is Adam's blurb. Joined by a witch pilgrim, the guardian of the eternal forest. Sits to tell the dark and honest tale of the girl's hero. Grayson Webb, the youngest bishop in the Church of England's history, I didn't expect to see that, had it all. Then his life fell apart, ambushed by the Witchfinder General of England. Gray is blackmailed to join a coven to seek an end to the witch plague. Huh, what makes a change from COVID? But after discovering magic, his loyalties are challenged. Does he help the Witchfinder or defend the Knights' Kiss Clan? What? The Knights' Kiss Clan in war against their own kind. It's all getting very strange, isn't it? Hello, Adam. Nice to have you along. Fantastic. I love it when our, uh, our writer is, uh, joins us live, which Adam does. And I'm just going to just going to adjust my position, actually. You see, it is live, isn't it? It really is. Um, I'm going to tell you about Adam. Um, I live between the hills in North East England. I'm drawn to dark stories and fantastical themes often those set in the real world with realistic characters. I'm fascinated by religion, history, life and death and morality, especially when these big themes are handled in stories. I have no writing qualifications, not a problem at all. We don't care about qualifications, all all, all that matters you can tell good stories. Um other than academic and history degree in PGCE. Um, is that professional golf? I'm sure someone in the Genius Room will correct me in a minute. I didn't know what AA was the other day. Uh, But I've spent the last few years writing quietly. It's better than noisy writing. Um, Sharing with close family and consistently telling my girlfriend how much I want to be published. I would love to make a career as a novelist. Yes, many would, many would. I think the best thing we can do is to give you a damn good start towards that objective with Robert. The first
5: page. Under the Cobra by Adam, read by Robert A diamond in the hurricane A foaming wave of agony rolls through the guardian's skull, crashes against its temples, floods its vision in white mist, as it often does upon returning to its own mind. It can only relate the sensation to a nightmare of being thrown from a great height, and the confusing, breath-snatching feeling of waking before every bone shatters and organs spill across the concrete. Stealing from another's link is easy enough, more so when the host is ignorant of the occupation of their mind, but the repercussions are agonising for the occupier. It is aware that it doesn't have long to wait for the hopeful to arrive at the fire. It saw it in the mind of the hopeful, a girl, it believes, approaching rapidly, wielding the same eagerness and naivety that has proven disastrous in the past. The fine details of the hopeful are obscured, like reading in a foreign language, and therefore, for all it can decipher, for all it can trust its power, the thing it thinks is a girl may only be wearing the skin of one, but the guardian can do nothing to stop it. It comes at wicked speed. The Guardian is used to working by its own rules, having others bend spines for it, make exceptions through fear or the desire to achieve greatness, but when the Guardian fails to shift the rules in self-help, it is pernicious. The Forest does that to the Guardian, breaks it down, wears it out. Although unfortunate for the victim and traumatic for the onlooker, a severed head is a humane death sentence, quick and painless. The forest isn't quick to kill the Guardian, and does not plan to do so without causing pain. It is a tormentor, a tortuous fiend. It offers death on a silver plate, then snatches it back and forces it to starve. The forest prefers small incisions than gaping wounds, scarred minds over bruised bodies, shattered emotions, not broken bones. The Guardian knows this, and still clutches a fraying thread of hope. It knows it is a death sentence, a sentence that it agreed to, and the forest is the worst of executions. It never drops the blade. A thick warmth leaks from its quivering lip, trickles the length of its neck, drying in the frozen air and staining what remains of its flesh in black streaks. Copper lingers on the black tongue that sags heavily over its cracked jaw. Too bitter to swallow, too painful to spit, phlegm and blood clot in its burning throat. The Guardian thought its taste would adjust. Still, it waits for that day. Snapping its neck, the Guardian spits through the remaining teeth in its receded gums. Spluttering, gagging, it coughs a thick mucus Tenses with agony, spits again into the frost bitten grass. It shivers as the cold sinks into its fingers, where the thinning skin peels away like that of ripe fruit, revealing every grey bone, grinding and aching with every flex. Like a forked whip, the rain lashes around the guardian, but doesn't reach it. It doesn't hinder the fire from raging or dampen the woodpile at its side. It never does. The Guardian wishes it could say the same for the cold. In younger days it would simply avoid it, shape its form around it, but now, with flesh falling away and icy blood gnawing at its organs, it is a dagger to the chest. Every headwind gale snatches the air from its lungs, teasing death but never delivering. Caused by its wandering mind or lack of focus on the link, the Guardian does not sense the girl stalking it. As if attached to its shadow, she slips from a tree, her footsteps silent under the downpour. She mirrors the sway of the charcoal branches, stripped of their warmth by winter's grasp. There's hesitation, the Guardian notices, as she approaches the border of shadow and firelight. The Guardian sees the girl is unarmed. A shame, it thinks. A knife in the back may be exciting, a touch of drama. However, the power that lingers beneath the hopeful skin is often difficult to predict and catastrophic if misjudged
0: okay so adam um possibly the most important person here right now is in the genius room and it's robert who was your narrator and i often think of um the narrator on pop-ups as your champion because they really get inside your your work and they try they put their heart and soul you know into the reading and often lifted a lot actually so let's just see what robert robert says robert says i liked the writing i thought it had some nice usage of rich adjectives and blending phrases to create a deep atmosphere so it was nice to read aloud if a tad melodramatic at times unfortunately i really didn't understand what was going on or whose head we were in yeah, there's something there, but it's in desperate need of a good edit and some clarity. So that is Robert's um, view. Kayleigh, what did you think?
2: I, yeah, I have I have to agree with some of those comments. So what, what I think has happened here, and I think I've made this comment before, uh, this, this writer has created this really rich world that they are really... They are in it as the writer; they have created it. But we are not there yet. We need to yeah. be guided into it with much more clarity. And yeah. I could not this, I could not understand the Guardian, the hopeful, and the forest actually what they were as, as separate things and and whose perspective it was coming from. So they obviously have very specific roles to play, but we don't know as the reader what they are yet. And funny enough, I wrote down there is some lovely vivid writing in there and, and this person can clearly write i did put style over substance which funnily enough i saw mm. after coming out in the chat mm. and i think that's the problem with it at the moment yeah we don't yeah. quite know what the story is enough but it, yeah i think there is some good stuff there and
0: well, it's I'm a good. nice time
2: of language craft, witchcraft but
0: yeah 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 absolutely yeah um emma
1: okay I. I surprisingly quite liked this because it's not my sort of thing normally but I really did like the language. I thought the opening sentence was really good. It really pulled me in the opening sentence Um, and and I thought there was a real rhythm to the writing. I loved the breaks it down, wears it out. Like lots of really nice rhythm to the writing. Very Mm -hmm. poetic.
0: Yeah, Um, it is actually. I completely
1: agree. Yeah, I completely agree that it doesn't really go anywhere and I completely agree with your point about... um, uh the fact that we're in this world and yet we don't really know what's going on yet what you said yeah. Kayleigh, about that about you know we, we you know it's great description but we don't know what's going on and i think that almost this section could be cut from here and used in maybe chapter five once mm-hmm. we know who everybody is and i thought even simple things like capitalizing the hopeful yes. so we know this is a person rather than you know because obviously it's an abstract noun so a couple of times i had to think oh that's a person so i think yeah yeah, we need some action quicker as well like maybe three paragraphs of this and then we need to know what's going on so i was captivated at the beginning by the language the rhythm the poetic nature this person can clearly write prose you know that's not an issue at all yeah but you know plotting might be and if i was if i was reading this as a submission i'd be a little bit concerned about that because it's just too long before anything actually happens. so i totally agree with kaylee that you know this this is a beautiful world that this person's made but we can't handle this as a reader yet because yeah. we don't know what's going on that yeah but I, I want to
0: ask maybe. both of you though so everything you've said could actually apply to tolkien actually couldn't it because yeah. it just goes yeah. on and on and on and he's in his own world I, d- I don't honestly i have no idea how much editing he had might have had a whole load of it actually but you know i mean everything you say is right but you can still make it big
1: Oh yeah, 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 that's true. And again, I don't know a lot about this genre to be able to know what... I don't read it, so I don't know what people... Because if I'm honest, for the first three or four paragraphs, I literally, well, most of it, I didn't really have much of a clue what was going on, but I was happy to stay with it because the writing was good. But that's, that's me as a reader, right. to be yes. honest. Yes, I'll happily yeah. read something that's not particularly plot-driven yeah. if the writing's good. Yeah. So, you know, that might be my personal choice.
0: That's a very good point, actually. I, I was too. Yeah, you took the words absolutely out of my mouth, but Emma... At some point, we've got... We always come to this moment, and you've got to give some numbers here. Me? Yeah. I've got
1: to go first. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Do you know what? And I, and I can't give you a, a concrete reason for this, but I want to give it a four. Just because no, i really Wow! This. Wow! I know, I know. <laughs>
0: Amazing. I love it. I love it when stuff like that happens. Kylie?
2: <laughs> so... I, I did. There were some really nice things there. And I, I do understand what you're saying about the kind of the language in it, and it doesn't carry with it. And I think if you can find that clarity, yeah. then that's that's just what we're talking about here. So I'm, I'm going to go at a, at a three.
0: A three? We're still pretty good, actually, Adam. You're doing all right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Depressing agent here. Uh, um, I, I need more story. I just want more story. I don't know what's going on. I want some story. No. I feel story starts, and it's really wordy. It's the sort of stuff that you do get from people who, you know, who sort of get into writing, writing, writers you produce lots, lots, lots and lots of words, don't they? Ah, I'll do that. And they use um, poetical words and so on. You've got a sense of poetry, definitely. But there's no substitute for story, so it's a tune from the dismal, desmond agent that I am. Sorry about that. Um, Adam, you are live with us now, I hope, if you haven't gone away. Tell us what you think. Give us a reaction. We've reviewed your manuscript. You can review ours. Absolutely, you can. Let's have a look at the, um, the scoreboard. And we're two submissions in, and it's fairly close. And you, Adam, have the distinction of currently being in first place. That's pretty good. I don't know if that will continue. We'll find out in a moment. Uh, before that, we'll you'll probably hear from a previous thank you adam very nice of you to say that thank you appreciate that good to know that you're still um alive and standing uh thank you for the, the opportunity to participate in today's pop-up submission shows with david this would be a week or two ago i learned a lot listening to the feedback given to all the participants and look for ways to incorporate the comments to my manuscript i've already changed the working title good we don't talk about titles enough um based on the feedback of the participating agents and now and have already been through the opening pages a few times looking for ways to further enhance my story which is absolutely brilliant it's exactly what we want to happen isn't it yeah it is so let's have a look at the um the third submission of the day here we are it's from nick oh i'm so pleased it's a comic novel difficult to do but if you get it right you can have a major bestseller nick's got a website or something there that you can scan with your your uh, phone and go off to whatever recondite corner of the internet he wants to send you to it's called space dust and this is nick's blurb march 2022 british astronaut trudy pendragon is on her first mission to the International Space Station when she stumbles on a secret plot to capture space dust, which has antiviral properties. Oh, how contemporary. She also discovers that two astronauts are planning to make a space baby. I like that. A space baby to start a new race of humans, homo-spacians. Oh. Well, her commander unfairly blames her for an accident in which an astronaut dies. Debris threatens the space station, and possibly the space baby. And she has to make her face-first spacewalk alone in order to save it. Okay, shades of gravity, I think. Um, let me tell you about Nick i think you're with us too aren't you welcome nice to have you along uh in my former career as a freelance travel writer i've written 13 non-fiction books including guidebooks for national geographic the aa i know what that means now Uh, (laughs) it's not it's not alcoholics anonymous well it could be for you i don't know uh and thomas cook why now the first space taxi to carry commercial astronauts will launch in january 2022 the opening up of space to business presents critical issues around the exploitation and sharing of mineral resources and the rule of law or not in space the book also has a profound message okay so we've got comedy and message um about caring for the planet that we live on and the importance of space science okay so we've got a scientific bent there very futuristic very contemporary as well it's got to be early
3: the first page. Space dust by Nick, read by Allison. Tuesday, March the eighth, two thousand and twenty-two, Cape Canaveral, Florida. I've been a bit of a lunatic since I was a child, sensible on the outside, but a mad, passionate lunatic on the inside. Obviously, not a crazy, dangerous type of lunatic, or I wouldn't have been on my way to Pad Thirty Nine A at Cape Canaveral that fine spring morning. Now I was lunaticus, moonstruck. It was just after 7am and the Florida sky was starting to lighten. Soon I would be blasting off on a three-month assignment to the International Space Station. For most astronauts, this would be the peak of their career. But for me, it was just a stepping stone to the moon if all went well. My first mission had to be flawless. Next to me in the Tesla Model X was American astronaut Kate Phillips. I had to pinch myself. I was going into space with one of my heroines. Kate was as sharp as a switchblade and driven like a dynamo, 38 years old, three shuttle flights, one Soyuz flight, two missions to the International Space Station, 62 days in space in total, including 29 hours and 40 minutes on spacewalks. Today would be a new achievement, commander of the Crew Dragon space taxi, which would ferry us up to the space station. With this kind of experience, she could go down in history as the first woman to walk on the moon in 2024. Her prospects of being chosen? Six to one. That wasn't me guessing, by the way. That was the actual bookies odds. Feeling nervous, Trudy? Kate flashed a dazzling smile. Not at all, I lied. If you're not nervous when you're about to launch in space on top of several hundred tons of flammable propellant, you're not thinking right. Despite the sophistication of modern rockets, only an idiot would deny the risk of sudden, violent death. "'You'll be fine, kiddo,' she said, patting my knee. But her eyes were already scanning ahead to the press pack, waiting opposite the launch tower. Her real audience. "'Entering the BDA now,' said the driver. Our convoy moved into the blast danger area. Pad 39A loomed up ahead. "'These new suits are so great!' Kate said, adjusting her sleeve, so flexible compared to the cranky old shuttle flight suits. As for the Russian flight suits, she gave a small shudder at the memory, but really just reminding me how much more experience she had than me, a mere rookie. I knew that already. She didn't have to rub it in. At that point, I thought she was invincible, until I discovered her secret. The Tesla's gull wing doors swung smoothly upwards as we came to a halt. Two suit techs reached in and unplugged our umbilicals. We got out. Above us, the falcon rocket reached upwards, hissing and steaming against the gantry like a celestial steed eager to bolt. My Pegasus without the wings. Behind us, the second Tesla stopped, and out stepped Dexter Murray, GoPro in hand. A commercial passenger, the Australian, had the sand-papered complexion of someone who'd played roulette with melanoma for too many years. But I had to admit they had a certain rough charm. I'd noticed some of the female staff at the astronaut training facility getting their algorithms in a twist whenever he was around. In fact, by the time Dexter completed his training, I swear that one or two of them had their algorithms around their ankles. He waved from behind his GoPro. Say hi, people. It seemed like every time I turned round, he had that bloody GoPro pointed at me. Apparently, he had his own YouTube channel and was filming a beer commercial. That didn't quite stack up, given that his ride into space cost 55 million. There had to be something else going on. Behind Dexter, the veteran astronaut Dick Scott turned on a megawatt smile as he got out of the car. The silver-haired 75-year-old, looking tanned and relaxed, surveyed the launch zone big rocket check press photographers check handsome astronaut check everything was in place for his return to space unfortunately for him it was going to be a one-way ticket
0: uh-oh i can see problems ahead um
3: we're all kind
0: of looking for the the rib tickling humor and i think it's fair to say no one's actually laughed out loud yet in in the genius room um emma are you chortling silently
1: i loved this i oh, absolutely loved it good i really liked I, w- I would read it if i picked this up in the doctor's surgery and read that much i'd be putting it in my handbag and sneaking it home well you'd I really steal really it did.
0: i would steal I would. this book <laughs> emma robinson you can't get better than that nick we, we all pack up and go home now that's it <laughs>
1: I really, really liked it. I totally take on board what everyone was saying about it. You know, to start with, there was no, you know, it was good. It was interesting. There was no comedy, I, but I did, I did actually have a little chortle. I did like the the the, the algorithms around their ankles. I like I really that liked too. That. Yeah,
0: I, but I didn't chortle. Laugh. I smiled. I gave a little yeah, wry I smile. Smiled. Yeah. Nice
1: so I think th- there is a bit of a thing there that if you're going to pitch it as comic, they're going to want more comedy. Yeah. Um, but I thought there was intrigue, though. You had her with her secret. You had the fact that this guy was only going to have a one-way ticket. You know, there, was, there were threads there. There was good characterization. I You know, I kind of felt I knew a bit about this person. There, there was clear voice. Yeah, I really liked it
0: oh good why well, it's very good news mind you <laughs> you're in a good mood today emma robinson am. aren't you yes <laughs> you are for reasons quite we'll we'll find out <laughs> later yeah so actually nick you've caught her on a good day um <laughs> okay inject a sense of normalcy <laughs> into the proceedings if you can
2: well <laughs> look i i liked the opening and i know a few people in the chat room said that and that opening line particularly I was like oh I like that's that's exactly up my street and I I really like kind of comic fiction comic novel I think the problem is, is you've set the bar, you've set the expectation of comic. Yeah, and that, is, that is the problem.
3: Yeah.
2: It's what I'm trying yeah, to find. And with exactly. every line that passes and I'm not laughing, I'm disappointed. Mm. Mm. But lovely, strong voice, very colloquial. I think the subject matter is rich. I think as a plot, it could really go somewhere. And mm. um, you could see that in the blurb. Um, but I think just more, more. Fun and humour, I think. More fun
0: well. and humour. All right, yeah. fair enough. Let's just have a word with with both of our star guests today. Um, what do you like in terms of comic reading, comic books? What what tickles your fancy? What floats your boat, Emma?
1: I lo- well, I like women's fiction. So um, I think my favourite one of recent times is How to Be a Complete Ashling. I do love Irish humour, so I like I like um, the Ashling series. I like Marianne Keys. Um, yeah, you know Irish humour. Really does it for me. All right, um, but yeah, I like a turn of phrase. That's why I think I quite liked algorithms around their ankles. I like it yeah. when it blindsides me. Yeah, so it's almost I, I a good title, like, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I'm happy to read a comic novel that doesn't make me laugh out loud every page. You mm. know, I, I I kind of think I almost prefer it when I'm I'm just enjoying it and then. They slip in a kind of an under behind the hand little joke, and slip in a quick
0: algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Katie, what 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 tickles (laughs) you?
2: um what tickles me i actually like marion as well. when you oh, said that i like okay. anything that has i actually believe that you can have quite a casual voice as a writer yeah. uh, if you're, if you're kind of the um speaker the first person i like that and i like anything that carries you along and i i do take what you're saying maybe it doesn't need to make you laugh at every page um but anything that just has a bit of like you're talking to a friend down the pub sometimes i do enjoy yeah. that
0: yeah, yeah, and there's a bit of that in this submission too, isn't there? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, okay, well, sticking with you, Kelly, for the moment then. Um, numbers. Oh, a solid
2: three. For me. Solid three,
0: solid three. Very, very good, Emma. I know, I know what you're going to do. It's in my mind already. I, I know gonna what you're going to say. It. I, yes.
1: am <laughs> really it. I'm, I'm bringing out, I'm bringing out the five. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay very good i have to inject a note of reality again it's just two for me i'm so sorry i'm sorry Nick. yeah i i don't know how to sell it that's the thing it might be you know it's not you it's me thing if it it, you're you're this is the thing that kaylee just said you know you're you're pitching this as a comic novel first page or two you need to set out your stall and say this is how I'm going to make you laugh. This is my approach. This is my unique voice or whatever. And this is the angle I'm going to take. And I'm not getting that. So I would I would actually really question whether this should be sold as a comic novel at all. It's probably quite interesting in many other ways, but I'd, I wouldn't know what to do with it, really. So I think I think possibly a rethink is in order. However, you've got two totally contrasting opinions there. One from me, one from Emma. I don't know. Make your mind up, Nick. Um, difficult, difficult. Yeah, Nick does love you. Yes. <laughs> let's see how we're doing here. Three submissions into the show. Uh, you should be very happy with yourself, Mister Hannah, because you are five percent in the lead. Isn't that brilliant? The answer is yes, it is. Let's um, let's speak to the the new love of Nick Hannah's life. <laughs> <laughs> so come on we heard, we heard some good news from you a few minutes ago. Give us the gory details Emma tell us exactly it, what's going on for you
1: well it's very exciting and um, I need to kind of start this off as I said to you earlier that literally three years ago I was in exactly the same position as these guys submitting to the show and I just yeah. want to emphasize yeah. that because it can happen. It, can happen it can happen yeah yeah um, so I'm i've just published my sixth novel with book with my publisher which is bookature and the others have done okay but you know very mid-list and then this one's just gone bonkers so yeah out in october forty thousand copies got to number 15 and what i'm really excited number 15 where
0: in in what chart
1: oh in the so that's number 15 at the top of the amazon kindle chart that's pretty good yeah Yeah. I was number one in my number one in my categories so I got my little orange bestseller tag which was nice yeah Um, and then today I'm I've it's had a bit of a climb in the US so I'm currently at sitting at two sixty in the US Kindle Amazon Kindle chart. So That's
0: brilliant. That's absolutely yeah, brilliant. Total so sales today forty thousand. You're going to be looking 40, at a lot more than that very soon. Yeah. I'm
1: really hoping so is
0: there any one particular event that that really gave uh, gave this title a shot in the arm, or is it just slowly building, building, building over six books?
1: Do you know what I think I think it's a combination of building from the, over the six books and building but I think with my editor and i've kind of had a bit of a chat about what what it is with this book and i really do think it's the the dilemma it's a very very clear dilemma so the tagline for the novel is could it's called my husband's daughter and the tagline is could you love the child you never knew he had
0: yeah and I yeah.
1: think it's that it's that dilemma, you know. And she's been on at me, bless my poor editor, because every time I pitch a story, I sort of say, oh, "I want to write about this," and I want to, you know, I want to write about this theme and and this, and I kind of cobble a story. And she keeps saying to me, "I need a stronger dilemma. You need to go deeper." And yeah. this one was quite yeah. scary because it is. It, I kind of really trawled my emotional yes. depths with this one, Whoa.
0: and it's a really
1: clear dilemma. And I yeah, think that's what's yeah. made the difference. It's yeah. that tagline.
0: Wow, it's like
1: you—you know—it's that elevator pitch, isn't it, that they always yeah. talk
0: about? Yeah, and it hooks yeah, you. It hooks you absolutely. I mean, it hooks us in a vulnerable place, obviously. But my yeah, word,
1: I'm I hoping. can't wait to read so it now. To next find next out, one, find out what it? the
0: answer is actually.
1: Oh, that would be wonderful. And the, yeah. yeah, and the next one now obviously has a lot of, uh, has a similar, similar sort of dilemma. Dr- Sort of dilemma lead okay so, so let's be the let's just have
0: well this is the next one and it's very yes. very fortunate timing actually because this is it the is. next one's coming out in just in april so you yes. are looking you're looking as if you're surfing a tidal wave here because if all those people loved i mean i'm sure they did you're getting great word of mouth if they loved yeah. uh, my husband's daughter then the next thing they're going to do the very next thing is they're going to say well what else can i read and you've got something what is this one
1: so this is his first wife's secret and again you can see that you know clear dilemma what if you're the only one who can save her so these are these are two again two women um the ex-wife and the current wife of um of one man and the first wife has lost a son and the second wife is expecting a son Uh so it's it's you know quite a lot and then something happens to the yeah. to the whole house and so it's called Pete so I don't want to say I don't actually yeah. I just realised so I won't tell you what happens to him but yeah
0: you've been watching has... me oh. um, so, so do all these events happen to the same family because if so I mean no, it's, it's, no. it's almost like <laughs> Buckingham Palace isn't it it's almost like <laughs> Meghan Markle and the whole thing although all, all different families <laughs> yeah.
1: it's a bit like that village with John Nettles where everyone gets murdered midsummer so, murders exactly yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh it's, this is brilliant yes, news I, I just yeah, yeah i'm so pleased i'm so pleased for you and everybody else is too the chat room's going crazy Thank so you. Really what great it. news Thank you. and let's let's hope it's just three years ago as you say. let's hope that maybe exactly. somebody three even, even ago, on the show even
1: published.
0: exactly yeah. brilliant okay submission number four here we go fingers crossed for you hurt town it's from michelle i think we know about michelle i think i think we do this is michelle's blurb 1987 Nevada's prisons are bulging at the seams, politicians argued for months until the parole board cracked, thousands of criminals were released during an accelerated corrupt purge, and dozens of convicted killers went free. Hmm. Within weeks two of them would wish they'd never left prison. Wendy Sharp and Val Holliday were collateral damage left behind by two of the now released killers. And they're not happy as victims become killers and killers become victims reno becomes hurt town i like that blurb i like that it's great it's simple just like emersburg uh but powerful so uh michelle starts off by saying hello again yes hello michelle i'm back and ready for the valuable critique... Litop- oh, flattery. will get you everywhere with agents. Valuable critique Litopians can offer. I didn't learn to, r- to read. This is amazing. I didn't learn to read until I was in my late teens, when I was finally diagnosed with dyslexia. That was decades ago, when it was less understood. I've continued to write and enjoy it very much. I'm also currently working with Tex Thompson. Tex Thompson again, I say. Each, she, Tex is taking over this show. Second time she's been on. Tex. Tex. Careful, careful. I smell brimstone. Uh, on another manuscript. I met Tex on Lutopia and highly recommended her. She is a blast to work with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Her town is inspired by the 1989 real life Texas Parole Board disaster that set several killers free to kill again. Great setup, I think let's give you a great reading from kate
6: hurt town by michelle read by kate honesty nevada 1977. do you ever feel something after something like what stone looked over at grimes pinching the amber tip of a joint i don't know like maybe it wasn't worth the risk Grimes struck a match, releasing hot sulphur into the cab of the truck. He held the burning stick to his face. An orgasmic grin eased across his lips as it reached his callous fingertips and fizzled out. He shot Stone a sharp eye. Never. It's like wanting to touch the sun with your bare fucking hands. He grinned, flicking the tiny piece of pine into the air time to play. After stiff drinks at the brass pole, they parked at Lover's Point and watched as steamed up cars bobbed like boats on a choppy lake. She's getting her ass banged off. Stone looked over, his nerveless blue eyes prying into a big Oldsmobile station wagon. I wonder if his mamma knows what they get up to in her car. Doesn't interest me white girls with little tits. Yeah I know you're a sick fuck. Me? Jesus look what you did to those grass grazing hippies down at the river. He fired up the truck, flashed his high beams into the windows of one big boat like cars and roared with laughter at the stunned couple nervously scrambled to get dressed. A half mile up the unlit road there they were two young girls riding like hell on a couple of banana seat bikes. Flashes of cheerleader-like pom-poms streaming from the sissy bar handles were caught in the beams of the truck's headlights. It's a bloody two-for-one! Grimes grinned, his steely eyes pinned on the identical black girls. I like what I see! Stone exclaimed, turning the truck around. A moment later, they were rolling alongside the slower of the pair. She glared over at the truck, her dark-spirited eyes full-blown, then spun her legs even faster, quickly catching up to the other girl now both were spinning their spindly legs like they were set on fire. Stone sped up and with one sharp snap of the steering wheel the front fender clipped one of the bikes blasting it and the girl into midair, disappearing into the darkness. Screaming could be heard through the closed windows of the cab. Five minutes later the street was dead silent as though nothing terrible had just happened. Now, Crystal Springs, Utah, August 1st, 1987. Windy hung her apron on the hook by the door, ready for a quick grab in the morning. She was on for the early shift. More fucking donuts to sling. She moved into the bosom of her little attic apartment. The hot smell of midsummer crept through the windows, air as oppressive and still as a corpse. The ceiling fan hadn't worked in weeks, but her one-room bedsit never felt cramped. Fear had been easier to manage in small, controllable spaces since Sunny died. Hello, Sunny. Her baleful brown eyes studied her face in the wall mirror. Hello, Windy, she replied to herself, squeezing her face into a painful smile. Caressing the side of her head, She twisted her fingers through her wiry black coils and watched her own face realise the game. Identical. If we were so fucking identical, why am I still here and not you? Pretending she was Sunny only ever offered a hope so thin it couldn't hold form for more than a moment or two. She flopped onto her sofa, fingered a can of beer open with a crack, and gulped it like a fish out of water. Her phone rang. She glanced at the ship wheel clock, probably Melanie, letting it go to the answering machine. "'I'll call you when I can. Bleep!' She drank the remainder of her beer and listened half-heartedly to the message. But it wasn't Melanie and as she listened the caller's emotional ambush forced the beer she had just consumed right back up into her mouth and she vomited. My name's Val Holliday. I'm looking for Windy Sharp. Please contact me as soon as possible. It's about Harry Grimes and James Stone. They've let the bastards out
0: uh-oh that that's an ominous beep if i ever heard one but a good beep thank you kate great beeping there uh first reactions please kaylee
2: i thought it was great actually i really enjoyed it um it made me sit back in my chair in a kind of ooh way um yeah, I saw I saw some comments about the uh, the dialogue being quite gritty and yeah. when I, when it was kind of spoken, through, it was a bit like oh. But actually, I think that's very deliberate and purposeful. These are horrible men doing horrible things. Yeah, and totally, that, totally. And the reaction yeah. we should have. Yeah. Um, really compelling opening. I actually I actually really enjoyed it, and I would definitely read on had I picked this up. Kind of in a bookshop. Uh, watch mm. the exclamation marks! Is a is a tiny point if that's helpful yeah. to
0: say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Would you Would you have paid for it? Because Emma is in the habit of nicking books from doctor surgeries. Would you have to pay, <laughs> Would you actually pay good money for this?
2: Just slip it in my handbag. No, I would. Yes, good, you would. That's money. even better.
0: That's even better. <laughs> very good, Emma.
1: Um, yeah, I really liked it too. I agree with everything Kaylee said, and I really liked. it. I, I like the title, Hurt Town. I like that. I think it's it's you know very. It's brutal, like, the, the story's going to be brutal. Yeah. I, was I was going to ask you, actually, about the language, because, you know, like Kayleigh, I thought it fitted the characters. Yeah. Um, but I wondered if it would put an agent off. I know that often... You know, in commercial fiction, I know this is not quite commercial fiction, but you know, sometimes that's an off track. But, um, but I did think if you're going to have them effing, it wasn't Mm. great to have her effing as well, because otherwise, yeah, she seemed like them. And I everyone ends up effing, don't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it loses the power, doesn't it? Yeah, Um, But I thought the
1: title was great. Yeah, I realised I thought the writing was good. I agree with Kate; it was gripping. You know and i really like that kind of ending they've let him out you know that you know very yeah. quickly we got to that stage of knowing where this was going yes um yeah yes. I, I, yeah i thought it was very good michelle very good. good excellent
0: fantastic michelle you've got another fan here so um we're on a roll with emma she's oh she's just giving them out like confetti <laughs> today oh, best day of the year <laughs> to get emma that's for sure uh give us a number
1: oh i'm between i think i'm gonna
0: go four for this one just to show a difference with the other one i'm gonna go four just to show a difference all right and kylie
1: well it gets i'm
2: gonna go four but a really great four
0: (laughs) good excellent all right um i'm i'm gonna go three uh very nice confident voice i like that um I like the title. Titles are so important, guys. We need to talk about titles mm-hmm. some sometime. You don't. You don't know how important those two or three words are. Um, but I, I, I need a bit of a twist actually. I mean, it's, it's a, it, you know, you can, you can see what's coming, can't you? It's a bit, a bit of a Tarantino, and I need to, I need to know there's something just that little bit different about this to pitch it. Otherwise, it's so genre um and there's got to be there's got to be a bit of a twist there i don't quite know what that is maybe it's later on but i think it's worth kind of featuring that in your pitch otherwise it feels just a tad too generic but you know what i think that's a good score let's have a look at the scoreboard now thank you michelle um and that means michelle it's it gets better and better (laughs) i think this is this is what's going on with emma actually she just gets happier and happier as the day goes on um 75 michelle that's pretty difficult to beat actually everyone's got a decent score today let's have a look at our last submission of the day this is interesting i can guarantee you just there we go pappy the yappy makes you laugh just to say it of the Appy. is from jackson thank you jackson It's children's fiction i would never guess qr code there let me um yeah let me read you the blurb pappy is a broken coated cheerful what's broken coated i guess it's a it's a type of uh, cheerful and excitable little dog at Thimble Cottage, Pappy's home, there is a gap in the fence that's perfectly adequate for his size, thus allowing him to explore his surroundings, having new adventures and making new friends along the way. The stories are written to keep the reader's attention, with an upbeat pace, comical scenes, rhymes, and original illustrations. What's not to like? Let me tell you about Jackson. Uh, I'm currently an employee for a disabled children's charity, says Jackson. The smiles that we've been able to create over the years has been, have been, truly heartwarming. Okay, sorry to correct your grammar. Um, As for my writing history, I'm a debuting author. I've written for quite some time now, but only recently have I decided to share my work with literary agents. The reason being, the support slash feedback has been nothing but positive. Very good hope we can do the same for you i've also approached published authors who have praised these stories it's very important that um do that approach published authors get endorsements they will help you endorsements are your secret weapon if you're trying to break through and of course actually on pop-ups you get you get you get, you get quotes you can use quotes as long as you don't distort what people are saying you get quotes you can use too what's not to like um i tell you what is to like a lot and that's going to be emily's reading
7: the first page Pappy the Yappy by Jackson Read by Emily Chapter One One Yappy Family It was a fine day at Thimble Cottage. We start at the wall of stone. A magnificent home lay before us. Pretty flowers tucked in their beds where buzzing bees may rest their heads. A picket fence surrounds the grounds containing all the beauty within. Follow the flower bed and you'll be led to the gap in the fence. Our story is about to commence. Once upon a time there was a little doggy. His name was Pappy the Appy, but to his friends he was simply known as Pappy. One day Pappy went for a stroll and fell in a hole. He was too small to climb out, so he yelled for help. Help! It's me, Pappy! I'm stuck in the muck! Bane the Dane heard his cry. Bane was the biggest dog around, ears so big! heard the smallest of sounds. He set off in search of Pappy. Pappy, Pappy the Yappy, barked Bane. Bane the Dane was so tall he could see all, both big and small. He searched and searched, but to no prevail, not a twitch or a wag of a tail. Pappy the Yappy. Pappy heard Bane and let out a plea. Help me. Bane heard and ran at speed. He had his goal, but forgot about the hole. Now they were both stuck. This is quite a pickle, said Pappy. We need Holly. Oh no, said Bane, not Holly the collie. Holly the collie was smart, the smartest of all. No problem is too big or small, but she is a show-off, attention she seeks a lot of. Against Bane's will he let out a whistle, grinding his teeth like chewing gristle. Holly the collie heard and found them in a little time. Why, she even thought of a rhyme. You need me more than ever, for this you'll owe me forever. Give me your word and I'll lend a hand, because your escape I've planned. Holly appeared at a rope which gave them hope. Grab a hold, said Holly the collie. Bane the Dane and Pappy the Yappy held the rope and Holly began to pull. But they were too much. She tried and tried. You're too heavy, she cried. We need Dusty. Dusty the Husky was the strongest of all. Nothing was too heavy or small. Holly the Collie went to fetch Dusty, leaving Bane at Pappy. Little time had passed and as quick as a flash, Holly the Collie returned with Dusty the Husky. Pull us out, pull us out, yapped Pappy. Dusty the Husky took the rope and began to pull. Dusty the husky isn't always right. Sometimes he's wound too tight, but he could pull anything and everything. Pappy the yappy and Bane the dane started to rise, very much to Bane's surprise. Dusty heaved and he hoved. Then lo and behold, they were free. Free to run, free to play. Pappy was so happy, he had to say, Why did you go to all this trouble for me? They all responded, Because we're family. Chapter 2. The Rat In a sewer that smelt of manure, damp and wet where waste was swept, rubbish and trash with a chance of skin rash lived the rat. How he saw the dogs and cats and thought, I want that. A clean home with space to roam, mountains of cheese and no fleas. Yes, please. The rat knew he wasn't welcome in a human kingdom, but what if he could be there and not be at the same time? He scampered and scurried as quick as a flash, gathering loose hair and burnt up cigarette ash. He dyed the hair, took a deep breath of air and climbed the pipe, leading to the world up there. ''Think like a cat, not a rat,'' said Rat. ''If I believe to be a cat they see, then that is what I'll be.'' The Rat knew of Mitten the kitten. Mitten wasn't tall, in fact, she's rather small. Perhaps the Rat could pull the wool over her eyes with his clever, clever disguise mitten may be young but she's not blind nice disguise but still a rat behind she said
0: all right so you're getting pretty good reaction here jackson i don't know if you're with us are you live with us if you are just pulling us a little note in the uh youtube chat room um or oh, actually we're going out live on facebook now we've recently started a stream on facebook so uh, i haven't told anybody about it it's a big secret but you, you can comment on facebook too and we will pick that up um you're getting a good reaction from the genius room uh yana puma says it's great this uh okay some of the scanning needs to be sorted but the language is about right for the target reader uh and cora says I, I think kids will like this i also think it needs a wee bit of work the rhymes need to scan a bit more johnny says lovely i think this is almost good to go someone should sign it wow uh, <laughs> and he says where's Lassie from tallahassee <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you can uh, yeah once we start on that there's no end really in sight emma you you know about this market
1: i do i do know a bit about this market and i was a little bit confused i enjoyed i enjoyed the first chapter i enjoyed so my first question is what age is this aimed at yeah because when i when i heard the first chapter i thought this was a picture book and that was going to be the end of the story. Yeah. That my question, if it was, to, and then obviously it went on to chapter two, which confused me because I thought it didn't fit with a chapter book. A chapter book is an older child, and I don't think the rhyming fits with an older child. So that was my first issue. I did think it's very similar to Harry McCleary. Yes, so, that's uh, what that's what the chairman
0: said too. Yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. feel
1: very original. That was part yeah. of the problem. Yeah, um, and I also felt that the scan and the rhythm of some of the rhyming couplets didn't quite work for me. And obviously, you're not selling this to the children; you're selling it to their parents who are going very to buy point. it. Very good point.
0: Very good point.
1: And they're going to want a book that is that they can rhyme easily. You don't really want to have to reread the rhyme to get the rhythm right. It's got to be. It's got to scan well. Look at Junior Donaldson; she's a genius at it. Yeah. Um, my other question. If, if the age group is a picture book age group and younger there were lots of phrases which they wouldn't understand I wrote yeah. whistle I wrote sometimes he's wound too tight which they wouldn't yeah. get that metaphorical reference and I no. also got cigarette ash which again yeah. I wouldn't want my kids reading that's, cigarette that's a no ash no so, that's
0: a no no yeah,
1: yeah so I just think I, I definitely think this person can write for sure there was lots of loveliness I loved the characters names they were lovely and the, the, the illustrations were lovely and I think this person's definitely got the option to kind of look at children's picture books Mm but this particular one for those reasons didn't really do it for me
0: okay so you're going to give a it's three i'm reading i'm reading reading your mind (laughs) (laughs) i'm good at this now after two years good job yeah (laughs) i do i know what you're sitting on uh kylie
2: I don't think I can add much more to what Emma said. I would completely agree with those comments. And I think the, the the standout thing for me, alongside kind of where we're pitching it to as a reader, was tightening up on the rhymes and giving it a little bit more lift because it's, yeah. I felt like it needed to be tighter in that way and more consistent yeah. with the rhymes. But yeah. love Pappy the Yappy. And actually, when I, I saw this title earlier, and I was really intrigued by it. And it does deliver on that. And I, I like... Bane the Dane and all of that so (laughs) nice stuff there Um, it's not too twee for you not a little bit too cliched I love a rhyme I Ah, really do you sucker
0: for a rhyme (laughs) me too I am it's got strong
2: voice and lots of colour um, and I think it's going to be tightening up a bit more colour but good really good
0: yeah okay and a number
2: it gets a three from me a
0: three from you okay I'm only going to go I'm going to go one lower than that Um, I'm going to go two um, I need something a bit, bit more different. I really like the pictures, by the way. The pitches are really good, and I'm, I'm hoping you are the um, the originator of those as well, Jack. And if you are, then that's you know you you would be a discovery for people. Um, Pappy the Yappy. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning with Pappy the Yappy in my head. Thank you very much. Um, it just needs to be that much more different, really, to for me to pitch it. Um, but I might be the outlier on this because if you look and see what the room is saying most of them are saying pretty darn good things about this. Let's see if that's reflected in their voting. Oh you got 55% overall Jackson which means that Michelle you are coming out the winner on on today's show absolutely. Um, now what I need to do is to tell you something
6: make your pop-up About
0: submission, a
6: submission. this is how you do your pop-up
0: submission oh, Michelle is occupying center screen at the moment, there we go, thank you Michelle um, what we like to do at the end of the show is we like to give our wonderful guests and haven't they been wonderful today really good value thank you so much Kaylee, for being here, you have got a chance if you want to, to change your vote do you want to?
1: Oh, I'm going to stick with what I
0: said. Yeah, going to stick with that. Same, same with you, Emma. If you want to change anything, please do.
1: Yeah, no, I'm the same. I'm happy. I'm going to stick with all of mine as well. I'm very happy with my
0: choices. You're happy. You know what? We're happy as well. In fact, no, we're frigging delighted to have you back and to hear such good news. It's so encouraging, actually.
1: I love it to be. It's always lovely to be here.
0: Well, we feel the same about you. And next time you come back, no doubt you'll be telling us about
1: your next
0: bestseller, which will inspire. Yeah, which will absolutely (laughs) inspire everybody to.
6: Don't forget to uh, vote on today's show
0: six and a half days for you to make your vote please make it count everybody needs to vote if you're watching either live or not live recording please go along to lattebe.com/slash and make your vote thank you so much kate rachel emily for looking after all the submissions and our wonderful narrators see you next week